Welcome to the Legacy Nashville Podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. So today's passage is John chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 23 through 30. I know you've already stood for the offering, but let's stand to our feet for the reading of the word so that we might honor God's scripture together. And I would love it if you could read it out loud all together with me as a family. We're going to start verse 23, John 3. John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim because water was plentiful there. And people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion, everybody say argument, because that's really what the Bible means here. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. Everybody say baptism, because that's really what that means right there. Verse 26, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi... He who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even unless it is from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Read that sentence again. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. The title of the message today is This Joy of Mine is Now Complete. We're going to go after this today and ask the Holy Spirit for help so that as we conclude this year, 2023, which I know for so many of us has been a very challenging, very difficult year. We've said it time and time again. 23, the number of death. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For some of us in the room today, and perhaps some of us watching online, 2023 has felt like the valley of the shadow of death. But we're gonna finish with our joy imparted from Christ Jesus, complete In Jesus' name. If you receive that, just pray with me. Lord, we ask today that you would sow a seed of joy into our spirits. Lord, we know that when you sow seed, you water seed, and you bring forth a mighty harvest into our lives. And so I pray during our Christmas, holiday, celebration season of your advent that our hearts and our homes would be filled with an abundance of joy. I'm not just talking about happiness as an emotion, God, but I am asking you for supernatural spiritual joy that flows from the absolute bliss of our salvation. And Lord, just like David prayed, would you return to us the joy of our salvation if we've lost it somewhere in 23? I pray over everybody in this room and everybody watching online. If 2023 has been hell for you, we declare a full recovery of the fullness of your joy because it was bought and paid for on the cross by Jesus. And today we receive that 
In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. This joy of mine is now complete. What we're seeing here is really another Advent scene. It's just a different type of Advent scene. Uh, It's not the nativity, obviously, but it is an arrival nonetheless because we are watching as the teacher or the rabbi, Jesus, is adventing or arriving onto the public stage of ministry in the nation of Israel, and his disciples are beginning to baptize other disciples. So we do see an advent. Now, in the midst of this arrival, Jesus emerging as a disciple-making teacher in Israel, we see a few other disciples creating the opportunity for an argument. You've got three types of disciples here in the story. You've got the disciples of Christ, the disciples of John, and then you've got a Jew. And uh, I mentioned this, as the Jew approaches John's disciples, the Bible says that they start having a discussion over the rites of purification, which is baptism. A lot of people don't realize this, but whenever Jesus turned the water into wine at the wedding in Cana, the water that he used was the waters of purification. Those were being used for the Jewish method of baptism. They weren't just aquafina stored over for the wedding guests, you know. So Jews baptized, and they're having this discussion with John's disciples. And as we read last week, we know that John the Baptist, the baptizer, John baptized. And what we're seeing here now is that Jesus' disciples are baptizing. The disciples, John's, John's disciples, excuse me, claim that Jesus is baptizing himself. But of course, we know uh, a little bit later on in John chapter 4, the Bible tells us, although Jesus did not baptize, but only his disciples. So his disciples are baptizing people. And what's interesting to me, this is actually one of my favorite verses of Scripture. I can't believe I have the privilege of reading it on Christmas. The reason I say that is because what we've got here is a good old-fashioned case of competition in ministry. That's what's happening. And um, I don't know about you, but every now and then, I struggle with competition and comparison in my life. Anybody else? I know a lot of us do because, come on, every day as we're scrolling, we get hit with temptation where the enemy offers us jealousy even with people who are doing good things, just like Jesus' disciples baptizing. And then there's John's disciples acknowledging because they've listened to their rabbi John talk about how awesome Jesus is. They've heard John clearly define Jesus as the Messiah, and yet they are still hit with the temptation to compare their achievements with the achievements of Jesus. And in this moment as this Jew, I'm assuming maybe the Jew's a little upset, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm mad because we're baptizing people in this way. And now you guys are baptizing people in this way. And they're like, yeah, that's right. And then Jesus, he's over there baptizing people this way. And we're all mad at each other because we all want to win. We all want to achieve great things. We all want to have notability, notoriety. We all want to have success. Am I right? Has anybody got hit with this this week? Today? Competition in comparison, right? It happens. It happens. You know, the Apostle Paul tells us 
um, what we're doing when we compete and compare. He says, when we compete and compare, we are acting ignorantly. Look at first, or 2 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 10, verse 12. says, oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as some of these other men who tell you how important they are. Do you catch the sarcasm? Listen, it's okay for preachers to speak sarcastically every now and then. The apostle Paul set a precedent. He said, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How Ignorant, that's how he diagnoses it, right? It's like, this is ignorant. And I actually looked up what the word ignorant meant in Greek because I really wanted to do a good job and define it. Uh, but it actually means to not perceive rightly. So there's a prophetic connection there. It's a lack of discernment. Whenever we're comparing and competing with other people, there's a lack of discernment. But the Greek word specifically is linked to religious hypocrisy. Kind of a wild statement by Paul right there, huh? But hey, it's Christmas time. This sermon is not about competition and comparison. This sermon is about our joy being made complete. And one of the ways that that happens for us is by us stepping over the temptation to compare with other people, by us stepping over the temptation for all of us to compete with other people. It is us stepping over the very thing that the Jew and that John's disciples were wrestling with, which was this need to feel fulfilled as a result of the things that they had achieved. You with me this morning? So let me ask you a couple of questions because I was confronted with them this week myself as I'm reading how John's disciples are wrestling through this moment. I wonder if they felt successful, which begged the question I wanted to ask to you, church, like finalizing 2023, do you feel successful? Do you feel like 2023 is like, man, it's been a successful year. Do you feel proud of what you have accomplished this year? Do you feel fulfilled in what you've done for God by God's grace? Because on Christmas break, you know, when everybody pushes pause, now is a great time for us all to start taking inventory. And if the answer to those questions were no, a follow-up question that I might ask you is, why not? And where is that coming from? Are you hearing that from him, from Christ? Or are you hearing that from the comparison addiction that you can't seem to wrestle away from? Where is that coming from? Is it coming from him? Is it coming from social media? Is it coming from culture? Are you spiritually misdiagnosing what Jesus has actually been doing in your life all year? Are you unwisely comparing and competing? I really believe that this is where John's disciples were, which is why whenever John responds, he says, this is why your joy is not complete. Because you're worried about the wrong Things. Let me give you some words that will allow you to choose a paradigm-shifting mentality. And that's what I want to give to you. This is my Christmas gift to you. I've got it right here in these notes. Merry Christmas. Because you know what I want for you guys? For, for our church, for this covenant community called Legacy, for our family. I want you to finish this year with your joy complete. I want you to have a deep-seated, deep-rooted joy in you that flows not from what you've achieved, not from what you've done in 2023, 2023, not from what you've done better than somebody else. 
or, 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 or not the lack thereof because of what you've done worse than somebody else, but because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross, that you could finish this year, 2023, and say, man, yeah, there were some moments, it really sucked. But you know, I'm not defined by any of those moments. I'm defined by a singular moment that happened over 2,000 years ago when that little baby that I'm celebrating being born in this season grew up and gave his life for the world on the cross so that by believing in him, confessing with my lips and believing in my heart, I am saved. Your identity does not come from anything that's happened to you this year. Your identity flows out of what was done for you 2,000 years ago. And, that, and, and, and I think what John has to say to his disciples are some things that we need to hear as disciples today. So what I want to do is I want to give you three quick points on the path to complete joy. Wow. The path to complete joy. Hey, I think this could be a book, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it actually will be, but it sounds like it could be. You know, it's one of those like, feels like a self-help situation, but then when I hit you with it, it's not going to sound like it at all. <laughs> Here's number one, and this is why it can't be that, Ben. Anything you look to for joy aside from Jesus will let you down. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they would open it up and they'd be like, yeah, complete joy. They'd be like, dang it. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) you know, I thought you were going to give me another prescription, man. If you look for joy in anything but Jesus in this life, you will not find it. You'll never find it, ever. Whatever you want most for Christmas this year, I don't know what that thing is, but whatever you want most for Christmas this year, I I hate to say it, church, but it will not bring you real sustaining joy in your soul. No matter what it is, no matter how awesome it is, and that's what John was saying in verse 27 whenever he said, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. I think that... Many of us, just like John's disciples, unfortunately, we look for joy from things. And and I don't just mean like physical, material things. I'm also talking about achievement. Because that's what was happening for John's disciples is they were looking for fulfillment in numerical baptisms. Somebody baptizing more than us. I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm, you know, I I don't don't feel like I've... I've, um, I'm, I'm hitting these achievements. But you know what else I want to say is that joy does not flow from? Joy does not flow from achievement. But I, can, can I say one other thing? Joy doesn't flow from authority either. And, and I bring that up because of something Jesus said in John 19 when he said, Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless, doesn't this sound like John? Unless it is given him from heaven. Jesus there saying the same thing, unless. See, you got to notice those little hints in Scripture. There's those little, those little hints, those little secrets. You, you see that. It's like, oh, okay, God's saying the same thing. You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. No measure of achievement as well as no measure of authority will make your joy complete. If you're expecting to have joy when you get anything aside from getting him, it won't happen. 
It won't happen. It is only by Jesus will you have that joy. You know, I, I heard about this a couple of years ago. There's a guy, I won't say his name because I don't know him personally, but if you want to Google him, he has been nominated for the best album or the best record of the year, four years straight, uh, for a Grammy. All right? So you, I'll leave it up to you to figure out who that might be. But uh, I know he's a believer. And I heard this story from Roland Baker, who's one of my spiritual fathers. And um, what happened was he finally won a Grammy. Like he won a significant Grammy. He's written all these songs for all these people. And he felt so excited about the fact that he had finally unlocked this life achievement, you know? So he went to the Grammys, he got his trophy. He came back to the hotel. He set it down on the bed, started to look at the Grammy and then thought to himself, you know, I don't feel fulfilled in my soul. Like I thought that this achievement, I thought that me having this authority and this notability and notoriety and people telling me how great of a songwriter that I am, I thought that I would feel differently. So he picks up the phone, calls his dad, tells his dad all of that. And his dad said, son, hang up the phone and tell Jesus everything you just told me. Because there's nothing that you're going to get from that trophy that's going to bring you real sustaining joy like you will get from Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's the only way you're going to get sustaining joy is through Jesus. So I want to tell you what John's telling his disciples. Don't be overly focused on things. God gives everybody things. And if he doesn't, they won't get them. So we got to focus on something greater, which is point two. Point two. True sustaining joy, complete joy, comes from obedience to Jesus. And this is definitely why chapter two, this, it just kind of goes downhill here. It's like, be like, I got to obey? Yes, this is where true, sustaining, complete joy comes from, and that is obedience to Jesus. Let me point out something here. There's three things that John says that I think are really important. This is what he says. He says, I was sent and I went. Right here, I'm not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. He also says, I accepted my assignment. I'm the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him. Thirdly, he says, I rejoiced in my role. I rejoiced greatly at the bridegroom's voice. These are three expressions of obedience that brought John joy. Three expressions of obedience in your life. Number one, just do what Jesus tells you to do. Here's the secret of life. Just obey God. Say yes to Jesus and don't stop. And then next, accept the assignment that he gives you. Whatever the call is, whatever the role is, whatever the purpose is, just say yes and do that. And then you know what? Don't look at somebody else's role and be like, man, I wish I was doing that. Just rejoice in your role. I rejoice greatly at the bridegroom's voice. At the end of the day, all of us are the friend of the bridegroom. I do my part. You do your part. We all do our part. But at the end of the day, who cares what we do by comparison to the fact that we get him? True, sustaining, complete joy comes from obedience to Jesus. It all comes down to obedience. A few years ago, I put together this little rhyme here. And um, Tavier, I'm glad you're out here because I want to kind of pitch this to you as possibly the title of the next song that you write. It, right? Yeah, it was, it, we could make it work maybe. If the joy levels are low, the obedience is slow. Right? Hot fire. That's a mixtape. That's a mixtape waiting to happen, right? Fuego. De Dios. John 15, 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. This is Jesus talking now. And that your joy 
may be complete. See, Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my word so that you can trust and obey them. And by doing so, you will have complete joy. And that's what John is acknowledging himself. So the direct byproduct of listening to Jesus and doing what he says, church, is complete joy. All right, last point, number three. And we'll, we'll light a candle and sing together. The more presence you have, the more joy you have. I think this is what, what John was saying whenever he said, I got to decrease. Amen. I want him to increase. L- less, of, less of me and my thoughts. And I don't want to magnify myself in this life. I want to magnify Jesus. Amen. I want to magnify Jesus in my life. The more consistently I obey Jesus, the more my life becomes about Jesus. I really believe that one of the marks of a maturing ministry, looking at John the Baptist, one of the marks of a maturing ministry for individuals or churches is that it continually grows in its love and its deference to Christ. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about our will. It's about His will. So the more we magnify God's presence in our life, the more joy that we're able to carry through our lives. And I realize most people don't like the idea of decreasing, right? It's like, I don't want to decrease. But listen, if you get more of the presence of Jesus in your life, you are not losing. You're actually gaining joy. Psalm 16 and 11. You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. The more presence you have, the more joy you have. So please accept my uh, Christmas gift to you today. A path to complete joy. Number one, anything you look to for joy aside from Jesus will let you down. Number two, true sustaining complete joy comes from obedience to Jesus. And number three, the more presence you have, the more joy you have. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, We have a team that's going to help serve. If you need a candle, they can help you. If you don't have one, you can lift your hand. I'm sure they'll help you. We're going to begin to light the candles. And as we do... Uh, We're going to sing, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him. And I want to remind you as we do this, this this is a fun celebration for all of us. But one of the reasons that we light the candles is because Jesus is the light of the world. And because we have him, we have overcame, overcome darkness. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you so very much for your life. Thank you for your death, and we thank you for your resurrection. You're the light of the world. And it's only been by you that we are able to overcome darkness. Darkness of sin, hell, the grave, decay. You're the light of the world, and we are so grateful that you've given us your light and your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.